0: eco-friendly living for a lot of people out there it can seem like a daunting task one with so many options and paths that you end up feeling overwhelmed and confused instead of inspired and ready to take action it's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate that's why i'm here to help i'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, mindset, and home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode with me. So this week is just crazy. There's so much going on within the climate change and sustainability world and really just the world in general because everybody on earth, you know, is affected by climate change. So it was week one of COP26, which was the 26th conference of parties. And this is a summit that brings countries and different parties together to kind of like accelerate action towards climate change. And it's actually the first time that this conference is being held, so you might be sitting here at this point wondering, what does COP26 have to do with me? Like, how does it affect me personally? A lot when it comes to climate change and global warming and the future of the world in general, honestly, a lot of that rides on the action that's agreed upon during this COP26 summit what is decided during these couple of weeks will determine how countries are going to act in regards to climate change. And if climate change is something that you've looked into and you've kind of researched, then you know that we are currently in a climate crisis. Not to get doomsday or add to anybody's eco-anxiety, but climate change and global warming is a huge issue. We are already seeing the impacts of climate change we have emitted so much fossil fuels into the atmosphere, and the earth's temperature is rising. Already the world has heated to about 1.1 degrees Celsius, and this is just per the industrial levels. So it- each of the last four decades was actually hotter than any decade since 1850. And a lot of people are like, oh, maybe that's just a coincidence. But we have seen a direct correlation with the amount of carbon emissions in the atmosphere and the temperature of Earth. So that's pretty much the whole notion behind global warming. And one of the main goals with this COP26 agreement, the main one of the main targets is to get countries to make pledges to stop the temperature rise at 1.5 degrees celsius. And that might sound like a really random specific number, but pretty much scientists all around the world have come together and determined that 1.5 degrees celsius is the cutoff point. It is one like pretty much the number that's standing between our world and a climate catastrophe. Any rising further than 1.5 is going to have devastating effects for everybody on earth. So just for a little example of that, an extreme weather event like a heat wave that occurred once per decade in a climate completely without human influence, that weather event is predicted to happen 4.1 times that amount at A world of 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. And I could go on about, you know, the boring details of the rest of that study, but pretty much the hotter it gets on our planet, even if it's only a fraction of an inch, that is going to increase the likelihood and intensity of extreme weather events that happen on the planet. So there's going to be more hurricanes, more droughts, more floods, more weather events that displace Hundreds of thousands of people all around the earth. Unfortunately, these people that are displaced by climate change are typically indigenous communities or developing nations, people that don't have the money and the infrastructure to be prepared for this level of devastation brought on by these weather events. So, you know, all of that tangent just to say that COP26 is really important because it will pretty much directly impact how countries move forward in regards to legislation and plans to fight climate change. So this year, almost 200 countries are being asked to submit plans to reduce emissions. And then the last target that was like the big goal for this climate summit is that Wealthy nations give $100 billion to poorer nations to help them with their climate change efforts. So those are the main targets, the 1.5 degrees Celsius, the 200 countries, and $100 billion. So obviously we've only seen week one so far, so this episode is going to be kind of covering the highlights and outcomes of week one, and then I'll have a part two that comes out next week wrapping up the rest of COP26. So the first cool point about COP26 is that over 100,000 people marched through the streets of Glasgow, which is the city that this year's conference was held at, on Friday demanding climate action. And it was just, it's very inspiring and just amazing to see the pictures of people that were marching through the streets. As you can imagine, 100,000 people marching anywhere would make a hell of a statement. So definitely this was no different and it was just really awesome and, you know, it was pretty much citizens from all over the globe telling their leaders that were at this COP26 summit how serious they are taking the decisions that are being made. The next huge highlight from this week of COP26 was that over 100 countries vowed to end deforestation. All around the world, deforestation is such a huge issue. Currently, around 30 football pitches worth of land is deforested at every minute. So right now, deforestation is a huge issue and it's A lot of people are like, well, you know, yeah, what's the big deal? More trees will grow. But when it comes to forests, they are some of the world's best carbon sinks. And what this means, if you're not aware, is all of the carbon that we produce, like the carbon dioxide emissions that we pump into the atmosphere from human influence, forests suck in so much of that carbon dioxide. So in general, they're really, really important for earth. Like, I guess everybody knows that, obviously, but I feel like a lot of people don't realize that besides just converting, you know, air into clean air for us, they also just absorb so much of the carbon that we pump into the atmosphere. Deforestation also really impacts indigenous communities. And it can cause things like soil erosion, flooding, fewer crops, and even an increase of the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere because as these forests are being ripped down, that carbon that they were storing starts to be released. So then it puts even more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So it was amazing that those 100 countries vowed to end deforestation. Some of the countries that signed this deforestation plan were Canada, China, Russia, the United States, and the UK. In total, the 100 countries that vowed to end deforestation, those countries make up 85% of the world's forests. So that pretty much means that as long as everybody that vowed together actually stays true on their word. 85% of the forests on earth will be protected. So that is absolutely amazing and that itself is a huge step forward and one of the major highlights. And another cool thing about this is that back in 2014, there was an international agreement to slow down deforestation, but that completely failed. And in a stark contrast to that one, this pledge is actually already backed up by almost $20 billion worth of both public and private funds. And when something has the funding behind it, it's a lot more likely that these countries will actually stay good on their word and do what they said and pretty much keep the promise that they made together. Another huge highlight of week one is that India, which is in the the group of like the world's largest polluting countries, they pledged to produce half of their electricity with renewable energy by the year 2030. And this is a huge deal in itself. But then they also vowed to have net zero carbon emissions by the year 2070. And if we're being honest, there's been some skepticism and a lot of people are saying that this was not enough of an action plan or, you know, not big enough promises by India. But honestly, it is a step in the right direction and it shows that they are trying and they're moving forward. And I feel like that's an awesome step in the right direction. Another really big highlight of this week was methane. There was a plan to cut 30% of methane emissions by the year 2030, and this is definitely a step in the right direction too. Both the European Union and the United States signed the Global Methane Pledge. Methane is a really big deal too just because kind of similar to carbon it has a lot of horrible effects on the atmosphere and really really contributes to global warming. So the fact that these countries acknowledged methane and made a plan and signed it is a really great step for the future of climate change. There was also a pledge to transition away from coal power generation Unfortunately, only a little bit over 40 nations signed it, and most of the big emitters, including the United States, Australia, China, and India, did not sign it. So that's something that was disappointing for a lot of people, and I don't really know how it works. I don't know if this is the end of the conversations about coal, and coal power generation at the climate summit, but I really hope that this is something that's revisited because that's going to be a huge letdown and a huge red flag if most of or almost all of the big emitters don't sign anything phasing away from coal. So something else that's not really a highlight, but definitely a main point of week one that a lot of people are reeling about is that the fossil fuel industry has the largest delegation at the COP26. This pretty much means that every country sends in a certain number of delegations And the amount of people that came for the fossil industry or that had ties and affiliations to the oil, gas, and coal industries outnumber the delegations from any single country. So they're pretty much the group that gets, you know, has the most numbers at this COP26 agreement. And, you know, obviously this is just a sore spot for a lot of people because, you know, we don't really need people that have the interest of fossil fuels at this agreement. Like, this is for the people that want to change our industry, and obviously the people that make a ton of money off the fossil fuel industry do not have the world's best interest and heart, especially in terms of global warming. So again, a lot of people were just very upset about that and not happy about that, and it was a really big talking point and hitting point of week one so far. And they actually had 503 delegates exactly there that had affiliations to oil, gas, or coal. Another big thing from week one was a lot of world leaders coming together and giving speeches. There was one speech that Obama gave where he encouraged all of the world leaders that were there to step up now and pretty much talked about how dire it was that we actually take action this year. And he also said that a version of Biden's climate package will pass in Congress in the U.S. within the next coming weeks. So that was something that's like really kind of exciting and got a lot of people talking. So, you know, hopefully we hear more about that. If you live in the U.S. and you're listening, you know, hopefully a lot will come from this climate package that he's trying to push through Congress. So those were the big highlights of week one of COP26. And I want to speak more on what people are hoping and expecting for next week, but I know it's just a lot of information to process and take in. Even me, I have like a whole degree in environmental sustainability and still reading the countless headlines and all of the stories coming out of COP26, like it's very overwhelming and it can kind of add to your eco-anxiety, just reading and researching and trying to like keep up with everything. So I thought that I would give you guys an episode or two that kind of explained it for you and gave you the rundown with the big need to knows that come out of COP26. So let's, you know, wait and be patient, see what happens this week and You know, hopefully this was a good start to COP26, but the future of climate plans for the entire world all depend on if the leaders finally will decide to take big action on climate change during week two. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. If you have any other questions or you're curious about COP26, you can go to ukcop26.org and that will take you to the climate change where you can like tune into different talks and get the rundown on everything that happens during COP26. I will also have that link in the description so you guys can just click through there and kind of like see what's going on and keep informed. But definitely just stay tuned for next week's episode and I'll tell you all the need to knows and kind of give you the rundown on what happens during that week of the COP26 agreement. So thank you guys so much again for tuning in. I hope that this helped you guys get a little bit of understanding on what's going on with the climate summit and what were the big takeaways from week one. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week and until next time.